joining us now to talk about this deal with the fake Amazon reviews and how to spot him is Stephen Pope. Stephen's become an international thought leader, visionary on Amazon. He shares trade secrets on his YouTube and podcast. And uh, Stephen, thanks for joining us this afternoon on, on the drive home for a Monday. appreciate you taking your time. Thanks for having me. Well, and so what is going on with this? I've, uh, there's been some lawsuits that have popped up, and, you know, I use Amazon reviews as a kind of a guideline on whether a product is worth getting. What is going on with these fake reviews? Why are they there, and uh, why do we need to watch out for them? Well, I think it's, you know, I'll talk about the court case first. So Amazon is going after two companies, AppStallion and Rebatus, and basically these two companies were paying for reviews. So they would give money back in the consumer's pockets if they left a favorable five-star review. And, of course, Amazon doesn't want this to happen because then it, people are gaming the, the review system on, on Amazon. The consumer loses confidence. So if, if you think about it, like the average conversion rate on Amazon.com is anywhere from 15 to 20%. But on a regular website, like take a Shopify or a WordPress website, conversion rate could be anywhere from 1% to 3%. So Amazon has solved for conversion and it's become the dominant marketplace. They're half the economy. That's why the scale of the situation is so large. So if consumers lose confidence in the reviews on Amazon, that conversion rate is going to go down. So this is why it matters. And as for the court case, I think Amazon's going to dominate. They're going to totally crush and win. Uh, AppSally and Rebatus are going to have to give over all of their documents. That means Amazon's going to collect all of the data of the consumers who who wrote these reviews, and they're gonna they're gonna blacklist them in some way. So really big issue, and definitely a lot going on with it. I do know that, and this is from people I know that have had personal experience that, and I don't know whether it's either of those particular uh, deals, but uh, you know they'd order something and have a negative review of the product, and then be contacted by that person saying, "Hey, uh, here's your money back. Uh, take your, you know, if you'll remove that review." Um, it, not exactly the same situation, but it, it seems to me that uh, this this idea of having honesty and transparency in reviews is one of the. You're right; it's one of the main things Amazon has going for it. Well, I think I think the FCC is going to you know back up Amazon because you know yeah. the, the whole point of having transparent information about products and consumers are able to trust that information. So that's why I think it's a slam dunk court case. Um, but but in terms of like giving money back for a negative review, I, I actually think that's a good practice. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as like going into a Kohl's or going into a Target and saying, "Hey, I don't have a good experience," and they make you whole by refunding the person. True, right? true. It's like you give the item back, you get a refund. Um, but but Amazon, you know, to, to the point you brought up though, Amazon has started to prohibit that. They've actually made it really difficult for Amazon sellers to get back in touch with consumers. And they've, they've really disabled all of the marketing components like emails, and you can't even respond to negative reviews on the seller platform anymore. So uh, I run an agency called My Amazon Guy. We have over 200 brands that we work with, and the reason I, you know, I'm in business is because it, it, the platform itself is really hard to navigate and really hard to sell on. And Amazon.com is very much a buyer-centric platform, and that will never, ever change. And so sellers are always trying to go around and do things to navigate the complex ecosystem and find any win on the board they can. Well, review generation strategies are very much, you know, in the 
spotlight right now, and, and they're probably going to have to pivot away from these kinds of strategies because of that. How difficult is this to enforce, though? I mean, uh, in tracking down these things and, and, and finding, you know, discerning a made-up review from one that isn't. I think it's extraordinarily difficult um, because, like, a lot of reviews that somebody might write might just be like, five stars, loved it, right? But, but I think the consumer can track uh, some of these reviews to some sense. There's kind of two ways I personally identify uh, as ways the consumer could protect themselves. So way number one, if you go up on a listing and you notice that there's a high pur- uh, proportion of one-star reviews, so let's say 30% one-star reviews, 60, 65%, five-star, and somewhere in between for the rest. Uh, anything above 5 or 6% of one-star reviews, that's a pretty good indication that there's some, something going on with the listing that may not be a good idea to make a purchase. And so what could happen is they might flood it with five stars to try and you know, weight down those one-star reviews. So I think that's the first and probably the easiest and most obvious way for a consumer to say, hey, there's something fishy here. I probably shouldn't buy this product. The second way is to read the actual reviews. So uh, a consumer could go down in the review section, and, and then maybe they're shopping for a chef's knife, but they see a sponge referenced in the review. Sounds weird, I know, but what happens is uh, a seller will have two products, one that's discontinued that's got lots of reviews on it previously, and then they launch their new item, and they might combine the products or reuse the old UPC code or whatever on the listing, and, and that's a bad consumer experience because all of those reviews that are for the old discontinued products still show up on the new one. And so that's, that's a second way I think consumers can protect themselves preventing this. But as it relates to the court case, those incentivized reviews, not very easy to trace at all, unfortunately. And, uh, of course, uh, that court case was uh, filed, it was, I guess it was Tuesday, right, last Tuesday. Um, yeah, fairly new, and, and I think that... I think it's going to be a slam dunk. I think, I think Amazon's probably going to file a motion with the court to shut these companies down and, and get an injunction or something to that effect. And I, I honestly, I think they're going to win. All right. Well, we've been talking with Stephen Pope. He's an international thought leader, visionary on Amazon. And uh, you share three. Tell everybody about your YouTube and podcast channels real quick. Yeah, so I kind of have a Gary Vee thing going on. Uh, I have over 900 videos where I just share, like, everything about Amazon from a seller perspective, and um, that's really how I grew my company is just sharing all of the trade secrets behind what it's like to be an Amazon seller. And I sell on Amazon myself. I've got products, and, you know, it's, it's not always easy to navigate all of this, and it's a lot of trouble sometimes as you're trying to figure out, like, okay, what's Amazon's untransparent policy, or what are they going to crack down on next, or, you know, things like that. All right. Well, Stephen, we appreciate you being on and uh, talking about this. And, uh, you know, of course, as a person that uses the, I'm, I hope that Amazon does get this thing taken care of because uh, I do like having a trustworthy uh, review system because uh, that's where I'm getting half of the stuff. I, get. I know we encourage people to shop local here on the radio, but sometimes you can't find a certain spice, you know, or whatever. So anyway. <laughs> All, all I can say is God bless the trash man because the amount of brown Amazon boxes being piled up in my driveway after after each week buying stuff on Amazon. I mean, yeah, it's half the economy for a reason. Yeah, I hear you. All right, Stephen, thanks for joining us on the drive home here in Brownwood this afternoon.